Hello, welcome back to the Prepare to Impact podcast. Glad to see you again, hypothetically. Hope you're doing well. We're going to dive into some fun stuff today. So let's hop into it. Today, we're going to be talking about that instant gratification some people seek when making decisions. Whether the decision be right, wrong, in between, doesn't really affect anything. Sometimes people just like making decisions because they get to go home and say, guess what I did today? I made a decision. So depending on where you are on your growth journey, maybe you have had somebody come along and tell you, you need to get yourself a mentor. And then you were like, what the hell is a mentor? And if that wasn't you, well, then congratulations, you were way more high speed than I was when I was uh, embarking on the journey of self-discovery. So with that said, I had a mentor and they're going to have an alias during today's conversation just because, you know, I can't share all of my hidden gems that I've come across during life. So we'll call them Ro for the sake of a, a fun alias to use during today's conversation. And they would always say people get really, really excited when they come up with a good idea. And whether they pitch it to a team of people or one person or nobody, the thing that they focus on the most is what am I going to solve instantly by making this decision? And that's kind of where some people stop. That's as far as their road goes. They say, what is instantly going to be better and or changed? And then they say, yep, that's what I want. That's the intended purpose. So let's jump in and let's go for it. But they never really take that second. Not everybody, right? Not everybody's guilty of this, but some. Some people get so excited that they don't take a second to really grasp or think about or evaluate what might happen in the second, third, or fourth order of consequence. So a lot of the things as you come up with a good idea for a process improvement or something that will directly impact your direct work section, right? So let's say Lisa comes up with this idea for mail drop-off flow for the office, right? And for her, it's going to be great because it's going to cut down travel time, amount of stops, having to talk to people she doesn't like talking to. So she wants to create this like centralized drop area, right? What she doesn't take into consideration is she probably works with people that just by human nature of curiosity, they're nosy. So in this central drop-off location, they're going to be like slowly kind of sifting through mail that they know isn't theirs just so they can see if they can get any information on what somebody else has coming in the mail. And realistically, you might be sitting there and being like, why the fuck would anybody do that? And I'm going to ask you the same thing. Oh, why would anybody want to do that? But just like anything else in the world, if there's laws, rules, regulations, it's because somebody has done it before. So that person that you said, why would they even want to do that? They exist. They are out there. And you and I probably both know as well as the other person knows. You got to really think about stuff like that. And in answers the question of what kind of leadership conundrums are we providing for the people that are new to the scene of leadership? They don't know what they're doing, really. They're kind of like, not necessarily faking it till they make it, but if you look them in the eyes for more than three seconds, you're going to see a little shiftiness going on to where they're kind of like, please don't ask another follow-up question yet. So at times, for a direct decision, the biggest impact comes where you're not looking, right? And sometimes that comes from the person who is making the initial decision. Maybe they don't work directly in the system that they're making a decision for, right? So if everybody has like a trusted table of... um informers, we'll say, 
then they're hoping that the people giving them feedback on their decision know enough about the area that's going to be affected that when they talk, it makes sense. Now, this is where we can like press pause, mentally take a break and, you know, stroke your chin for a second and go, well, is this the part where common sense isn't so common? Yes. Yes, it is. Now we got to look at what kind of success and or failure and or probably not going to turn out very well. Does the up create for the middle to low people when they're just kind of like shooting from the hip into a dark room? They're not really sure where the target's at, but they know if they shoot enough, they are bound to hit something. And then if it's something on accident that ends up working out, guess what? They're going to be like, that is exactly what I was aiming at, partner. All right. So we look at the new leader and we look at probably the stress that this puts on the new leader mentally to know, okay. Now I have a challenge, right? I have a dual responsibility to where my team is going to be looking at me as their leader and say, this decision makes no sense. When are you going to go rush into that office and tell them how dumb this is? And then the flip side of that responsibility is as a leader, usually you didn't get hired to undercut the people that are making decisions. Usually you got hired to kind of withhold and uphold and enforce changes and rules and so forth. So it's kind of like a weird struggle, you know, like where do you separate my personal morals and I really like getting a paycheck a couple times a month. But I think that kind of ties into where when Roe entered my life, I was really this like underdeveloped, super freaking just like misguided cocky person that at the same time was very quick to be like, oh, woe is me. And I look back and I reflect on it now and I'm like, you know, a lot of the woe is me stuff that I had going on was mostly like, I just wasn't aware on the impact or power a person had when they paid attention to themselves. So I was like this unpolished, underdeveloped, haven't arrived to the party yet personality, right? Like no holds bars. I didn't have a filter. Uh, I thought candid was like part of the resume. Like I thought like I circled that on the application. So like the job knew what they were getting, but I think that part of the resume may have disappeared or I use vanishing ink. So my bad on buying cheap pins. So I say all this to say what I say when you're unpolished and you really don't know the game that you're playing yet. And you got people telling you like, yo, you got potential. I see a lot in you. You could be a good leader. People gravitate towards you. They listen when you talk and you're like, yeah, yeah, you're just trying to get me to buy in. I made a lot of jump fast before I look decisions, right? So I am actually guilty of making quite a few decisions, only worried about the instant gratification of if I do this, this is the first thing that's going to be affected by it which usually boiled down to, you talk to me disrespectfully, so I'm going to react. And in my mind, by me reacting and telling you or replacing you back to the place that you just stepped out of to come talk to me the way you chose to do, that was the only outcome I was worried about. I wasn't worried about, well, now I'm going to look be looked at as abrasive. I'm going to be looked at as brash, disrespectful. 
Um, I don't know how to respect authority. Probably going to get written up. Like we just added like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten consequences after an initial decision. So, so where do we go from here? Um, I don't know. I'm not a guru. Where I went from that place that I was in was decided to become a little bit more humble and realize I don't know everything. People trying to mentor me don't necessarily know everything, but maybe they know more than I do, which can make sense when you really think about it. Let's get deep for a second, deep in thought. So turn your thinking caps on. Follow me here. When you're a leader or you have somebody that thinks that they're a leader and they're trying to grow you, mentor you, mold you, they can only grow you to their current achieved capacity to grow, mentor, or mold somebody. So I know everybody says they have good intentions when trying to give feedback or critiquing you or trying to give you guidance or does the whole, hey, trust me, been there, done that thing. But not everybody has the same approach. So I've had a lot of people come and try to do the come under my wing and I'll show you how to fly thing. But their style wasn't my style. So ultimately, we had to agree to disagree and they weren't really much help like they wanted to be because we just didn't vibe like that. And it was no, no harm, no foul to them. I could be honest with myself and say the intent was there. They were trying to do what they thought was going to be good, which is fine. I try to do that too. And not everything that I think is fine is what everybody else's definition of fine is. And I can't push my viewpoints or mentality onto everybody. It's more so just, hey, you're in this situation. These type of things may help. And most of the advice is coming from a stance of, You just got to be self-aware so you never get too far detached on your own personal responsibility and the stuff that you got going on. So a lot of people get caught up in it. It's kind of like an undertow and that undertow grabs you and just starts pulling you out and out and out further and further away from reality. And then next thing you know, you're not even rationalizing or being realistic about how much power you may have in a given circumstance or a given situation and how much or how fast you could remove or fix or alter something that maybe isn't desirable at the time for yourself. So it's really just, we all have to be aware of who we are, what we bring to the table, what we don't bring to the table, and what we want to see at our table, because now you got your target. So now you just work toward it. And if we keep referencing anything, which is Honestly, we're slowly just putting an equation of puzzle pieces so we can slowly make the picture we want to see. You got a good friend circle and you got a good support system and you know where your target's at and those people are on your team. They're going to make sure that you don't get off target and everybody gets off target, but they're going to make sure that you don't miss the target, which is the big take home of that. So now let's do a full circle. Let's close the loop of this thought. Self-awareness, self-awareness, self-awareness. I say self-awareness, all of the big names in the self-help leadership, grow yourself in your team world, say self-awareness. But really, what is self-awareness? It's like, uh, what? What is it? What? What is this thing, man? What is this thing that we talk about so much? Self-awareness, by definition, in John B.'s brain, is an element of knowing what you do, how you do, and the consequences of the combination of the two. That was kind of rhymey. I like that. So it might be easier to remember that way. But on a grand scheme of things, I think a lot of it is you got to have that awareness of, here's another fun vocab word to plug in, blind spots. 
What are blind spots? Let's make an example that isn't related to building yourself. Let's say you're the individual that is currently getting hit on by somebody that to everybody else in the room it is very blatant and you're standing there looking this person in the face just kind of doing an awkward like grin nervous like <laughs> I can't wait till this is over <laughs> and then you walk away and your friends are like yo what are you doing like they were flirting with you and you're like what they, really no no I think they were just being nice right or vice versa you're the person that's like putting on the charm pouring it on thick like some maple syrup straight from Canada, a whole bunch of viscosity of just pouring it on. And your friends are like, damn, dude, you sure we're being flirty? And you're like, huh? Why is he being flirty with nobody? I'll just be nice. That's fun. So blind spot, that's what that is. Doing stuff that you are either unaware of or you just like, it's so wired as a part of you that you just do it naturally and you don't even like register that it is a thing that may not be considered normal and or okay to others. Or blind spot is others actions that you just kind of don't pick up on. So if you're not a naturally emotional person and somebody is upset and you're like, hey, what's up? And they're like, nothing, Uh, nothing. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. See you later. People will be like, damn, dude, you're kind of heartless. You're like, what? No, they said they were okay. So I just walked off. So I think blind spots, knowing what you do, how you do, these are really, really important things to walk around in your pocket with. Don't play with them though, because people might think you're doing weird stuff in your pockets and we don't want any of that stuff. So just think about it, write it down, draw a picture. If you're not an artist, it's okay. At least it'll be abstract and it'll make sense to you. And at the end of the day, All that matters is this journey of yours, it just needs to make sense to you because nobody's going to be aware of every single variable and moving part and intricate thought process or a life event that happened that wasn't planned that threw you off kilter. Now you're trying to adjust and change your plan so you can get back after it and get back focused and get back centered and start looking at that target again. Yeah, I mean, the world is crazy. The world is crazy. It's okay. Because we're all human. We just got to learn how to better interact with each other. So then when somebody is trying to do good, the worst thing that can happen is they're just not your flow, which is okay. Intentions are good. They extend the hand. You high five it instead of shake it because they're just not your vibe. But at least you didn't leave them hanging because that's just rude. And the last thing you want on a journey like this is to become a victim of dun 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 perception is reality because that shit will follow you around for a real long time and once that's going against you good luck changing somebody's mind about you but let's keep it positive because that's what we're here for right i want to talk about last week i went to a john c maxwell thing he had a bunch of guest speakers and what they were talking about mainly is something that we kind of talked about today people want to take you under their wing give you feedback outside sources want to give you feedback everybody's like feedback 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 usually no matter what kind of job you have somebody in a position somewhere is going to want to give you feedback whether it be a performance evaluation, uh, end of year critique, whether or not you get that raise or not, you know, what are you bringing to the table for the company that you work for? And why do they want to pay you more than they're already paying you, right? Feedback. So with that said, there's a guy whose name was Marcus Buckingham, if I am remembering correctly. And this gentleman, along with his co-author, I think that dude's name was Ashley something. But if you want to look it up for yourself, Marcus Buckingham, Nine lies about work. And what did he mention? How people need feedback. That was one of the lies about work. Basically, he's saying people don't need feedback. 
And at first, I was like, what? There's no way. How do people get better if nobody's telling them what they're doing wrong? Well, his approach was this, and this is why it's important to be a very educated consumer and do not jump to conclusions based on surface information. He says people don't need feedback because usually it is from an approach of I'm better than you or you are under me and you did something that I don't like. Okay. And I was like, got it. I'm with you. But The way he said it next is when you are going to offer somebody quote unquote feedback, the better approach is to make it a collaborative experience for both of you, right? So if you are summarizing their performance or something that they did that was subpar or not up to standard, it is basically reviewing the performance with them in a way that is not aggressive or combative. It's not from a pedestal of you didn't do this right and now you suck. It's not like that. Now, this contradicts directly how I feel feedback should go, just because I don't like being all coddly, but I understand that we're all humans and we got to kind of pay attention to each other because I never know what you're going through if you don't tell me. And I'll absolutely never know what you're going through if I never ask. Wow. So I had to dive in deep and I had to read and kind of listen to the audiobook version and the book version so I could like process this at two different speeds. And I kind of liked it. I liked it because it immediately went against how I initially wanted to feel about if I got to give somebody feedback, I'm not going to ask them, did they enjoy dinner last night? Did they get the full eight hours of sleep? I just want to go say, hey, you're not doing your job. You need to do it this way and then just move on with my life. But then I said, John, that makes you a manager if that's your approach, because that is not a people first mindset. So, wow, self-reflection on the fly, gotta love that. But I think we can all agree that when we think about this whole mindset behind this feedback topic, nobody wants to feel like they're being attacked. And we keep throwing around during our conversation today the intentions, right? The intentions of somebody. I don't really think, or I would hope, Honestly, remember, we we got the misery seekers, okay? We know that they're out there. Some people love seeking misery or trying to create it or rekindling it. I cannot speak for them, but I would hope that the majority of people out there aren't really ill-intended when they try to go give somebody feedback, especially if it's like just open-ended with no destination or no suggestion on how to create something or correct it. Like, hey, uh, you suck. Just wanted to let you know. And you're like, oh, (laughs) okay, I'll take that to the bank and cash that on Monday. But I think for the most part, when people are interacting, especially if you've decided like you want to be a leader, you want to be a good example, you want to grow people like that's really why your feet touch the ground in the morning. You're really not going out of your way to try to break somebody down without it being constructive or in some way beneficial for them to grow or progress forward or try to help them find that light switch so maybe they could flip their light bulb moment on so they can start, you know, growing as a person. All of us are here for that, hopefully. Not all at the same time, but hopefully. And like I said, this um, this whole content making process is actually pretty great because this is day four of working on what you're listening to right now. So there's been so many things that have gone on and changed and like just opened my eyes to different things to where I listen back to this whole episode thus far. And I'm like, wow, you know, it is amazing to see what I thought or what I was saying or what kind of mood I was in four days ago when I sat down to really start putting this thing together. And then here we are. So we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff. We talked about decision making. We talked about being an educated consumer, which ties into decision making and not always shooting at the hip, being humble enough to admit when you don't know what the hell's going on. 
being humble enough to admit that there's probably somebody that knows what's going on and you should probably consult with these people because you put them in that position for a reason. If you want your people to buy in, you got to show that you trust them when it matters. And when it matters is when decisions to be made are on the table that are going to affect more than just the person making the decision. And that's regardless of how much money you make or your position title. Title really shouldn't go to your head too much. But again, that depends on where you're at in the game. So far, the puzzle that we're working on is branching off of, are you a leader or are you a manager? What's your style? Hopefully you've been reflecting and thinking about how you move and shake at work. Hopefully it's giving you little tokens to pay attention to when people are coming around you and you're watching them move and shake and interact with the general population of people that you work with. So today we added a couple more pieces to the puzzle. Slowly the puzzle gets bigger. The picture may hopefully start to look a little bit more on what you're wanting to see out of it. And if not, just remember it's all on you. You got to make the decision. You got to put in the work. You got to be consistent. You got to hold yourself accountable. And if you're shitty at holding yourself accountable, just make sure that your circle is at least good and honest and trustworthy enough to hold you accountable until you stand on your own foundation and you can do it for yourself, which we both know you're capable of. So as always, thank you for stopping by the Prepare to Impact podcast. I enjoyed our conversation today. I think I saw you nodding in greens a couple of times, taking down some good notes, doing some good reflection. And that's all we can ask of ourselves each day, progressing a little bit more than we did the day before. And if you're ever happy with what you look like yesterday, just double check yourself because you might be getting complacent. And we don't want that because the top is as high as we decide it is. And don't put a lid on your potential because that's boring. You need something to do to keep you busy. So until next time, your chair will be ready for you. Nice and comfortable. I'll see you soon. Be safe. Firm handshakes all around. And I'll see you later.